thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank, thank you. Cool. Uh, is this screen on? Okay, yeah, it is. Okay, cool. Okay. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, nice to be here. I'll be talking about ETH Monero atomic swaps. So, a little bit about me. So, I'm a software developer. I've been working on blockchain protocol development for slightly over five years now. So, yeah, worked on a lot of things um, in the past few years. Um, cool. So, agenda. So yeah, I'm gonna talk about first the state of the swap, and then after that, um, yeah, I'll start the demo because it takes around 20 minutes. Um, and then I'll do uh, a bit of like the swap overview and like how it works, um, how to use it, um, the roadmap, and then end the demo. Okay, so yeah, a bit of background on atomic swaps for anyone who doesn't know. So basically it's a P2P and trustless manner of trust of swapping two native assets um, between chains. So in this case, it's obviously like Ether and then Monero. So atomic means that either the swap is successful and both parties receive their funds um, or the swap is refunded and then both parties receive their funds back. So this is like, cryptographically guaranteed in the swap protocol to happen. Um, so yeah, so a bit of progress. So yeah, last year, like Doug said, I presented um, uh, on, yeah, Monerotopia, and I did like a StageNet demo. Um, so since then, there has been a lot of progress, and the swap is released on mainnet, yay! So yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It's released, so everyone who wants to go try it, feel free to go try it. Um, yeah. Um, cool. So thank you to everyone for funding. Um, so yeah. First, the community for children. Second of all, Magic. Shout out to Magic for organizing and assisting with um, a second grants round. So yeah, like Luke said, um, yeah, Magic is cool. Um, yeah, it's tax deductible if you're a US citizen. I'm not, but if you are, it's cool. Um, yeah, and also thanks to all contributors to the code base. Yeah, uh, yeah, so the code is open source. We want contributors. It's written in Go. Go is like really easy. So yeah, if you want to contribute, like just hit up the repo. There's good first issues. Okay, so yeah, I'll start the demo. So um, cool. So I'm going to show the swap on mainnet. Let me like make this bigger. Uh, let me like clear this first. Uh, so it's like hard with one hand. Okay, is it big enough? Um, okay. Um, Okay, cool. Okay, so yeah, so basically, um, yeah, so when you, um, so right now the swap is like CLI only. Um, there's no UI, unfortunately. Um, yeah, because UIs are hard and I don't know how to make them. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, there's a CLI. So basically, we made it like as easy as possible, hopefully, to um, run it. So there's like binaries released on the GitHub. You can just like download them um, for Mac or Linux. Um, if you're on Windows, like it's recommended that you use it in Docker because I don't have Windows and I don't know how to build stuff for Windows. So yeah, so <laughs> so yeah, you can build it from source or you can use it in Docker um, either way. Um, so essentially, uh, there's 
uh, my computer's kind of slow right now. So yeah, so um, I'm going to like delete this. <laughs> some of these are some of these are old. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. So yeah. So basically, once you have it, you can do like make build and it just like builds it. Um, I'm just gonna rebuild it and I'll show the binaries. So yeah, essentially there's just um, a swap daemon process and then a swap CLI process that like interacts with it. So the swap daemon, um, so the, the, the program um, is this peer-to-peer, -peer, so it uses um, the libp2p library. So basically when you start up the swap daemon, it like joins the peer-to-peer -peer network um, and then it's able to interact with all the other nodes through that. That's also how you find um, like offers on the network. So, okay, yeah. So now I have my binaries. So I'm just gonna run. Um, I actually have it already running. So I'm not gonna run it again, but I'll like show. I don't know some of the, like commands and stuff. Uh, my computer is very slow. Oh my god. I knew this was gonna happen. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically you can see there's like, um, yeah, there's a bunch of like config values, blah, blah, blah. Um, basically if you're running it on uh, mainnet, the only thing you need to provide is um, uh, Monero and Ethereum endpoints. Um, yeah, if you have a Monero daemon running, it should like auto connect to that. Um, otherwise you have to like just specify it. Um, so yeah, anyways, it's running. So I'm going to, query um, my nodes. So I guess the first thing I can do is uh, check for offers on the network. Okay, sorry, I have like two right now because one is gonna be the, the maker and one is the taker. So so yeah, so basically these are all the offers right now. Oh yeah, so another thing about the swap is um, due to protocol limitations, um, only Monero makers can, only Monero um, holders can be the makers and then ETH holders have to be the takers. So unfortunate, uh, yeah, there's there's reasons why this is the case, but yeah. I think the, the Bitcoin swap has the same limitation. Um, so yeah, that's currently the case. So all these offers are um, for Monero, and then if you have ETH, then you can take it. So yeah, I can just check all of them. And then on my node here, um, I can check for my local offers. And then I can see that this is like an offer I have up right now. So yes, this is my like um, P2P peer ID. Oh, I did not mean to copy paste that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I will do that again. Okay, I'm just gonna like take the offer now. Um, I feel like I've been talking for a long time. So, so to take the offer, um, yeah, it's actually, Sorry, let me like make another offer so I can take that one. I'll show you guys how to make it. So it's simple. Um, you can basically you just do make, um, and then you put the minimum amount of Monero you want to provide. Um, so I'm just gonna like basically copy paste like the same swap that's here. Um, whoops, and then. Uh, I don't know, I'll do like a slightly different amount. And then exchange rate. 
So yeah, so you can, so yeah, so all these parameters like the exchange rate are specified like at the time of the offer. Um, so yeah, it's like in ETH to XMR ratio, I'll do like a slightly different one. I'm just gonna like make the offer. Okay, cool. So then on this one, I should be able to take it. So just do take and then the offer ID. Mm. So yes, every offer ID just has like a hash, so that's its ID, and then uh, the P2P ID, and then the amount you want to provide. So this amount will be like in ETH, so I can see like the amounts are between like 0.1077 ETH, and then this amount of ETH. So I'll just do like, uh, I don't know, mm, let's do 0.2. Um, okay. Okay, so it started, yay! So um, you can check as well for your ongoing swaps. So we should see um, that like shortly the ETH is locked. Okay, yeah, so it became it became locked. So yeah, this is right now just like, uh, web, like pushing the updates, but you can just exit and then also just do like swap CLI ongoing. Uh, Mm, okay, so yeah, so you can see like when you do ongoing, it tells you like the ID, when it started, how much you're gonna get, uh, exchange rate, blah, 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 like the status, and then um, the swap timeouts. So there's like two timeouts in the swap protocol that I'll explain, um, and then it also gives you like an estimated time. So yeah, it's right now around like 20, 25 minutes. You can tell it's slightly different for like the taker versus the maker because the taker like transfers the Monero out after. Okay, so. We're just gonna wait 20 minutes and then check on it. Yeah, cause, cool, thank you. So yeah, so the reason it takes 20 minutes is just like Monero block time, um, cause there's like the 10 block unlock period. Um, ETH blocks are like super fast. So that's like not a limiting factor. Okay, cool, so now the demo started. Um, yeah, I'll just talk for, yeah, about how the swap protocol works. So essentially you have two parties, um, we can call them Alice and Bob. Alice has ETH and then wants Monero. Um, Bob has Monero and wants ETH. So Bob an offer on the P2P network. Um, Alice um, just like crawls the network essentially and then um, finds it and then says like, oh, it's a nice offer and then takes it. So, um, and then each party, um, when the swap is initiated, generates a secret value. Um, so we just call them like, XA and XB. So Alice has XA, Bob has XB. Um, okay, so in the success path, so what happens is at the start of the swap, um, Alice, so this is first after the key exchange. So the first initial thing is that the swap's initiated, they exchange their, the public keys corresponding to the secrets. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so then Alice then locks ETH in the contract. Um, Bob sees the ETH is locked and then locks the Monero in the account um, where the private key is the summation of the two private keys. Um, so basically, Bob knows Alice's public key, he knows his own private key, he multiplies those and then can get this account. Um, and then, yeah, and then the next stage is that the contract is like set to ready. Um, so Alice sees that the Monero was locked uh, and then allows Bob to claim from the contract. So 
basically this step is like somewhat optional, but it speeds up the swap because the other alternative is that uh, you have to wait until the first timeout is reached. Um, so then after that, the contract is ready for Bob to claim, and then Bob, when he claims the ETH from the contract, um, at this in the same transaction, he has to reveal his swap secret XB. Um, so it's like that's like the atomic part essentially. So the claim um, reveals the swap secret, which allows Alice to claim the Monero on the other side. So yeah, it's like that's the atomic part essentially. Um, and there's like two refund paths essentially. So the reason why the timeouts exist is in the case that someone backs out or someone goes offline. Um, so basically, yeah, if, if something unexpected happens, you're able to refund um, within like a certain time period. So, so yeah, so in the first refund path, for example, say Alice locks her ETH and then Bob just like backs out and never locks the Monero. So what happens is that when timeout, the first timeout approaches, um, Alice, there's a refund function on the contract that Alice can then call. Um, and then the refund function, she has to also um, provide her swap secret, like in case Bob did lock and then like Alice just didn't realize for whatever reason. Um, so this like basically allows Bob to refund if necessary. Um, but then the second refund path is if both parties lock and then Bob never claims. So this is yeah also something that could happen, just like he goes offline or something like that. So what happens is that um, basically the contract is set to ready, Bob never claims, and the second timeout is reached. And then after the second timeout, the only thing that can happen is that Alice refunds um, the ETH from the contract. So similarly, like I mentioned before, the refund, um, the refund call you have to reveal, um, Alice has to reveal her secret. So then Bob, when he comes back online later, is able to get the arrow back from the locked, yeah, from the locked account. Cool. I hope that made sense with the diagrams. But yeah, okay, so yeah, if there's any like anything that's unclear, just like ask me after. There's also like docs on the GitHub. Um, yeah, so you can like look at it also after. Um, cool, okay, so yeah, so some of the road to mainnet and what's happened since last year. So yeah, so a swap protocol itself is quite simple. Um, it doesn't take that long to implement. Um, what's like a lot harder is implementing like everything around it that makes it actually usable and like safe. And if your computer crashes, you're not gonna just like lose your funds and like that kind of thing. So yeah, so the first main thing is like database and restart safety. So um, so with the swap daemon, you can restart it, you can like crash your computer, like the internet can go out, blah, blah, blah. When you restart the swap daemon, um, it'll like, it'll restart the swap um, at where it ended. So yeah, it could like just, if you haven't reached like a timeout, it'll just continue the swap as it is, um, or it'll refund if like, a timeout was reached or something like that. So yeah, so this was like really, um, yeah, important obviously, um, because like your internet, yeah, it can go out um, and yeah, you don't wanna lose your funds. So yeah, that's, that was, fun to implement because there's a lot of a lot of different cases that can happen with that because it makes it happen at any time. So yeah, so that was one of the main main things for productionizing the code. Um, the other thing is uh, a relayer system. So um, so one of the limitations with ETH Ethereum is that you need ETH in your account to call a function on a contract. 
um, to pay for the gas. So i.e. if you're, if for example, Bob in the previous example, um, like you're the ETH taker, you have to call a claim function on the contract to get your ETH. However, if you want to, um, if you don't have ETH to begin with, or you want to withdraw to a fresh account, this is bad um, UX-wise and like privacy-wise. So the workaround is a relayer system where essentially you sign a message saying that like I want a claim, um, but then someone else actually submits it and then um, pays the gas for you. Um, so. So yeah, so this is currently implemented um, and it works. Um, the swap that I demoed will probably, um, it should use the relayer as well. Um, yeah, so the relayer, basically, if you don't have enough funds or if you just say you want to use a relayer, it'll just like automatically use one. Um, it's also like permissionless and decentralized to join. It's just like on the P2P network, you just like say, I want to be a relayer and then you're in and you get like a small fee. Um, you get a small portion of the swap funds if you relay um, yeah, if you relay a transaction because it, you're, yeah, you're spending money to, to call that. So, yeah, so that's in place. That was also fun and went through a few iterations to get it working well. So, yeah, right now it's quite nice. Um, yeah, so if you want to be a relayer, I recommend it. Um, yeah, the other thing is ERC20 support. So, yeah, I know people asked for ERC20 support. It's in the contract. So. You can um, make an offer and say, like, I want to receive DAI or I want to receive, um, like, I don't know, whatever stable coins or whatever, whatever token, essentially. So, yeah, you can make an offer and say, I want to receive whatever token. And then um, when you do the swap, like, you'll end up getting that token instead of ETH. So, yeah, that's implemented. And then, yeah, other than that, just, like, a lot of bug fixes and, like, UX improvements, um, making, like, the CLI nice and usable. Um, yeah, and then there's also like a dedicated boot node program. So yeah, so like I mentioned, everything is peer-to-peer. -peer. So one part of the peer-to-peer -peer network is like bootstrapping. So when you join the network, like you need to know someone who's in the network to even join the network to begin with. So that was, that's where the boot nodes come in. So this is basically like a publicly posted list of nodes that are in the network. Um, and then when you join, you like hit up the boot nodes first, and then from there on, it's like um, you can find the nodes on the rest of the network. So yeah, it's essentially like an entry point. So if anyone wants to run one, yeah, that's also something you can do. Um, you don't need any ETH or you don't need any Monero, um, but it still helps like contribute to the decentralization of the network because yeah, more boot nodes are better because it's it's like yeah, it's just better. <laughs> okay, cool. So then. Um, yeah, I guess I kind of mentioned this already, but yeah, so the SWAT program uses the libp2p library. Um, so it comes with like a lot of nice features. So yeah, so you can, there's stuff like not traversal and like hole punching. So if you're like on your own like home network or you're behind a NAT, um, like the peer-to-peer, -peer, all the peer-to-peer -peer stuff will still work, um, which is like super nice and it's just kind of like built in. Um, there's also like a DHT for all the peer discovery, offer discovery, relayer discovery, etc. Um, so yeah, it's entirely P2P and permissionless and decentralized, which I'm very happy with. Yay. So, um, okay, I guess I kind of talked about this already, but yeah, if a node goes offline during a swap, um, it's okay because you can restart it. Um, yeah, I think I kind of said everything in this slide. Um, yeah, so yeah, everything's stored on disk. So basically everything is in like a dot atomic swap folder. So as long as you don't delete this, you're fine. So yeah, don't delete it. <laughs> um, um, oh yeah, I already talked about this. Wow, okay. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, cool, okay. So, yeah, I think I already talked about this basically. Yeah, so a relayer gets a portion of the swap value. Um, you find one on the network. The relayer submits it and pays the gas. So, yeah, right now gas fees are like kind of high on ETH, which is bad. Um, so, yeah, current, yeah, so in the next release, there will be like a, a better method of like determining how much of the, the reward you get. So, yeah, okay, oh yeah, so relayer systems, how does this actually work? Um, okay, so, yeah, so the first stage is the same as before. So like Alice locks the ETH and then Bob locks um, the Monero. Um, and then when the contract is um, ready to be claimed, um, the funds are ready to be claimed, then Bob searches for relayers on the network and then finds, say, Charlie, who is a relayer. Um, and then Charlie sends uh, his payout address um, to Bob. So this is like the address where the reward will get sent to. Um, Bob signs the claim data along with the relayer, oh, sorry, along with the, yeah, Charlie's payout address. Um, and then Charlie submits this to the contract, which then sends um, the ETH to Bob minus the fee, which is sent to Charlie. So yeah, pretty straightforward. Um, yeah, so one thing with this is that um, initially we went with like a design that used kind of like the Ethereum, Ethereum's existing like transaction relayer sort of like standards. But this was like actually really annoying because um, all the libraries were in JavaScript and they were like, there's a lot of like abstraction, which like was not really necessary because we had like a very specific use case. Like there's really only one function that's gonna be called. Um, like we didn't really need it to be generic. Um, so yeah, I think, what did I mention? Yeah, okay, so this is the slide. So, yeah, and then also the smart contract was not front-run protected. So, yeah, another thing is that testing on mainnet is like very different from testing on stagenet um, because there's real money involved and MEV bots are like really savage out there. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so the first iteration was like not actually front-run protected. So, um, yeah, I was like testing it and then my transaction was front-run, basically meaning that like some bot claimed the fees while I lost out on my gas fees still. So, rip. But anyway, so the new, the new um, design is front-run protected. Um, all, the, all the functions are front-run protected, actually. So no MEV is possible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, becoming a relayer is like totally permissionless. You only need like a very small amount of ETH to start off with. The amount you need is basically just like enough to call like that claim relayer function, which is very, very low. Um, it should be like 0.01 or like 0.02 ETH or something like that. I think it's probably 0.02 now because gas went up. Um, so yeah, you just need a small amount of ETH to start off on running it. Um, and you can hopefully like maybe get some reward money. So I would highly recommend that if you want to like join, but not you don't really want to like swap right now or anything. Um, okay, yeah, so basically, yeah, so talking about the front running kind of thing. Um, okay, yeah. Um, I talked about this already. So yeah, boot nodes. Um, okay, so swap usage and revisit the demo. So I'm gonna look at my demo again, see how it's doing. Um, uh, so I think it has like not made progress yet because it's waiting for 
the Monero to unlock. Okay, so there's only one block left. Yay, okay, cool. So I guess I can show like some of the swap CLI commands while we wait for the unlock. Uh, wow, it's like really slow, okay. Uh, oh. So yeah, so swap CLI has like a bunch of commands. So, okay, okay, yay, so the, 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 yeah, the swap is working, it's making progress, so we'll see what happens. Um, okay, so, yeah, so basically you can get like, for example, you can do swap CLI, um, like balances, and you can see like all your, your ETH balances and your Monero balances and your accounts. Um, you can also see, um, so there's like discovery to discover peers, query to query specific peer, query all just like just does discover and query, so you can find like everything at once. Um, make and take, which I already showed. Um, and then ongoing shows like your ongoing swaps, which I showed, and then past just shows like your past swaps. Um, yeah, so I have like some past swaps here. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, what else? Uh, yeah, so you can like clear offers, see your current offers, get the status of the swap. Um, there's like a suggested exchange rate um, price feed. So yeah, if you want to like get a suggested exchange rate through the CLI, you can. Um, it uses like the chain link price feed. So um, it's not updated, like it's updated like often-ish, but yeah, definitely like double check it, but this is like a good starting point. Um, and then there's also like transfer functions to transfer your funds out. So yeah, so, oh yeah, maybe I didn't mention this, but at the, so yeah, when you start the swap daemon, it like, unless you provide an ETH and Monero address um, or, or, or wallet, which you can, um, it'll like generate one for you and then you just like fund those. So, so yeah, so for example, like these ones were just like auto-generated and then I just like funded them. So, so yeah, so if you want to transfer it out, then you can just like do uh, transfer, um, you can just transfer it from the CLI. So you don't have to like, awkwardly like import your private key into like a wallet. Um, okay, so yeah, what happened with the swap? Let me check the status. Okay, yeah, so it's sweeping now. So that means this one should be done. Um, ongoing. Ugh. Oh no, I'm okay, thanks. Um, Okay, yeah, so, okay, so this one completed, yay. So, um, so yeah, so the offer ID on this one was 0xAF7, which should be this one. So yeah, so it was completed successfully. Yay, so yeah, it worked. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, so this one is currently like spinning. So basically what happens is like when it, gets the Monero, it's kind of in like a weird like temporary swap wallet. So it just sends it back to like the original account. So that's what it's doing right now. So that should be done shortly. And then you can also see like, um, where was it? You can see also like on Etherscan, if you check like the contract, you can also see like what contract calls were made. So um, yeah, so you can see this is like my new swap transaction. Um, I hope it's like big enough. Um, Okay, yeah, so this is my new swap transaction. So you can see it was made 18 minutes ago. Um, this is really fast. Like, people must be like, a lot right now. 
Otherwise, it takes like half an hour. <laughs> so yeah, so you can see that the new swap was made. Um, the contract was set to ready, like allowing um, allowing the ETH taker to claim. And then the last call was um, claim relayer. So this is a call to claim through a relayer. So yeah, so everything worked as expected. Yay, so that's it. Um, actually, no, I have rest of the presentation. So yeah, um, <laughs> cool. Okay, yeah, so the last thing is basically just like roadmap. So what will be happening next? So um, yeah, so one thing that I think like would be really good that basically yeah, we should have is um, network privacy. So there isn't really like built-in network privacy right now, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so like the libp2p library that's used doesn't really have like good support for this, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, so gonna basically work on adding that through Tor or NIM. Um, yeah, I previously worked on like a NIM libp2p library, so could yeah, I could use that maybe. Um, yeah, and then another thing is I mentioned like the dynamic relayer pricing, so it's like fixed right now, which is like bad because gas prices are very high. Um, and then the last thing, um, or the second last thing is like a UI. So I, I put here browser UI, but kind of debating between a browser UI versus like a desktop GUI, um, or just like an integration with like something else that already has a, a UI or GUI. Um, but yeah, essentially, since it's all CLI right now, people might not like that. It might be nice to like wrap it in a program that um, yeah, you can just use graphically. Um, and then another nice thing about like the browser is, is that you could like potentially use like MetaMask, which is like a browser Ethereum wallet um, to interact with the swap. So then you don't need to like transfer funds like to the swap program. You can just like do it all in browser. Um, so yeah, that could be nice, could be nice. Um, and then yeah, then as always just like testing bug fixes. Um, I'm sure people will like find something that they want to improve. So yeah. Cool, okay, so to summarize, so um, yeah, the swap's ready for beta usage. So yeah, if you want to try it out, feel free. Um, if there's any issues, just like post on GitHub or the matrix chat, there'll be a link in the next slide. Um, and then, yes, and then we need, we need Monero providers. So like the whole program runs, or like the whole, the whole network runs on like um, offers, um, Monero offers specifically. So if you have Monero and you want to I don't know, try out the swap. Um, yeah, feel free to like put up an offer. Um, yeah, we need liquidity. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's built, so yeah, definitely want people to use it now. Um, and then yeah, and then also like also need relayers and boot nodes, just like more is better. Um, yeah, it just helps with like the security of the network essentially. So if you want to participate but you don't want to, um, yeah, you don't want to do swaps, you can do that. Okay. Yeah, that's basically it. So yeah, there's the GitHub. So the GitHub is Athenorlab slash atomic swap. Um, there's a matrix room, which is ethxmr swap. Um, so yeah, so either of these, um, yeah, definitely check out the code if you're inclined to do so. Um, otherwise, yeah, post in the chat. Um, we're in there, so cool. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, everyone. Do you love coffee and Monero as much as we do? Consider making gratuitous.org your daily cup. Pay with Monero for premium fresh beans 
And if you like what you taste, send a digital cash tip directly to the Guatemalan farmers that made it possible. Proceeds help us grow this channel, Gratuitous, and Monero. question any comments about the previous presenters integration into the bisque fork uh Haveno? yeah like that would be cool um yeah like i haven't actually talked to the Haveno people about it yet but yeah definitely like we're looking to do integrations um like yeah like when i built this swap um like I didn't want it to be like the only implementation. It was just like any implementation. Um, so like, yeah, like it's fully open source. Like you can just, yeah, I want it to be, I want it to be inter integrated into other stuff. So yeah, if, um, yeah, so I'm happy to talk to like the Fano people on integrating that. Um, I talked a bit uh, to the basic swap people who I think are interested in also in integrating it. So definitely I think integrations are, are down the line. So yeah, if anyone's interested, definitely like reach out because yeah, I want it to be used, so, yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, any other questions? Um, um, okay. Okay, <laughs> What's your integration point into the Ethereum network? Like, how are you relaying the transactions to Ethereum? Um, oh, okay. Oh, um, how are they relayed? Uh, yeah, like, um, like, are you um, using an API provider? Like, how are you accessing the Ethereum network? Is it like a separate node? Like, how does that work on the back end? Yeah, so you need to like, um, yeah, you need to have like a, an Ethereum endpoint. So it can be either like remote or local. Um, like either either one works. Um, it's the same with Monero. You need to like run a, you need to either need to run a Monero node or have like a remote Monero node. Yeah, so yeah, you need endpoints for both. Um, oh. uh, any uh, possibility of getting uh, Polygon ma um, Matic on there? Yeah, so, okay, yeah, so another thing I didn't mention, like this, the, the swap is like entirely, it's like, it's EVM compatible, like one, to, like exactly as it is right now. So you, all you have to do to put it on something like Polygon, which is like ex the same EVM as mainnet Ethereum, is just like redeploy the swap, or so redeploy the swap contract, like that's it. So, yeah, so it's like very, it could definitely be deployed, um, yeah. So you redeploy the swap contract on, on Polygon. Exactly, yeah. So you redeploy the swap contract on Polygon, and then when you run like the swap um, node, you'll just like point it to a Polygon endpoint, essentially. Yeah. Would that hypothetically be more secure to get into Polygon or layer in their bridges, potentially? Um, Depends what you mean by secure, but like, yeah, I don't know, yeah, like, <laughs> um, like yeah, it depends what you mean, like, um, it depends like where you're coming from, like if you're going from like ETH to Polygon, then like probably just like use their bridge. If you're going like Monero to Polygon, then like, yeah, swap would be better. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> I hope that answered the question. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Any comments on how to make it more like a limit order book or if it's possible? Or if it's interesting at all. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I've thought about that like, a bit, but um, yeah, it's kind of hard like how it is right now. I guess like, I guess like the easiest thing is to just like have like a nice UI that like orders, like checks all the orders for you and like, 
um, like searches for like the best offer or whatever based on what you want. But yeah, like, yeah, definitely maybe in V2. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, one more question. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on fun limit, like daily limit, that sort of thing, like some other mixers would implement? Um, wait, sorry, can you ask the question again? Like, you know how Aztec, um, ZK Money used to have like a thousand or 10 grand a day? Oh, like like rate limiting the amounts? Yeah. Oh, there's no rate limiting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no. Yeah. There's no rate limiting. There's no. Yeah. There's no nothing. And like, if the if the contract like, if there's a problem with the contract or like, if I don't know, if yeah, uh, if it's like sanctioned or something, you can just redeploy it. Like, it's very different from like how Tornado Cash works because there's no pool. Like, you can just like, redeploy the contract and it'll be like fine. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have any active market makers in the protocol yet? And do you have a plan to attract market makers to the protocol? Um, it was launched like two days ago, so they're like, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, definitely that's like very important. So yeah, I, if anyone has any ideas on how to attract market makers, if you want to become a market maker, definitely like reach out. Yeah. And the other question was on the gas efficiency of the, the contracts. So, like, are they well optimized, or do you see further optimizations for gas efficiency there on the Ethereum side? They're like pretty highly optimized already. Um, like, yeah, I can also show the exact like gas amounts. But for example, like to claim um, to call the claim function, it costs around like twice the cost of like just transferring ETH. Um, so it's pretty low um, to claim via Relayer. It's I think around like four times. Um, to, yeah, then transferring ETH, um, and then to initiate the swap, it's around like two, 2 2.5-ish cost. Yeah, so it's pretty, it's pretty optimized already. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else? Um, I was just gonna ask about boot nodes. Mm, like, yeah. what's required to run a boot node, like, technically-wise? Yeah, so you need, um, you can do it on like a VPS. You just need something that has like a public IP, essentially, um, just like a static public IP. Um, yeah, other than that, like the resources are like very low, like like less than one gig of RAM. Like, yeah, it's, it's low, it's very low. Can you run a boot node on Tor and I2P? Um, not right now, but hopefully soon, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank cool. you. Um, I'm curious about the privacy on the Ethereum side for the swaps. So obviously if they're all going through a single smart contract, it'd be easy to see what is coming in and out. But it, suppose I, went through the hassle of deploying my MR contract just for a single swap. Um, what other information would be visible on the Ethereum side to indicate this is related to a Monero trade? Um, yeah, I guess like if you redeploy the contract just for your own swap, like that's totally fine. Like you can do that. Um, it's just like, it's expensive. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, like I guess the thing is, the problem is that like the, um, you'll still be able to see like that the bytecode of what you deployed is the same as like the existing one. So like you can see that it's going to be like the exact same contract, um, unless you like modify the bytecode a little to like kind of like obfuscate it. But like I don't know, you can still basically tell that it's like the same swap contract. Um, but like there's nothing that says like there's Monero on the other side. Like it's just like ETH contract. Yeah. So like unless. Like unless someone's like actively monitoring like the P2P network and like checking like every single like thing that's happening, um, like there's no like 
like the swap contract isn't like specifically for Monero. Like it doesn't like same like Monero. In, like I don't know. Yeah, like it's it could be like for any other chain theoretically. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Could you just talk a little bit about potential attack surface? So if I'm a bad actor, you mentioned there's some built-in protections for uh, wallet restarts for the mm -hmm. node. So what if I decide not to restart the node? Do uh, would that allow somebody to lock another individual's funds and prevent that that swap from happening? Uh, no. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Basically, no. Like once, uh, once like an offer is taken, um, like it's it's like deleted or whatever. Like it it can't be taken again. Like unless that swap um, like refunds essentially. But for the duration of the swap, it's like gone. Um, and yeah, like the program like it doesn't allow for like swaps to be taken twice. Um, obviously, that'd be bad. So yeah, you can't like double take it and just like double lock or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. I hope that answered the question. Yeah. Luke, come on up. Um, one of the things you mentioned with your relayer system is at one point in development getting front run and actually losing on, on your gas fees. <laughs> have you considered implementing EIP 4337 or similar so you actually don't have to use a relayer network at all, but instead just use the Ethereum network directly? Yeah, so, okay, so yeah, so EIP 4... I was going to ask that exact same question, actually. <laughs> yeah, so like EIP 4337, um, yeah, like it's uh, it's not like native, it's still just like uh, like built on top of like the Ethereum protocol, but anyways, yeah, like the, um, I guess like one thing is that like you need like a paymaster contract that like pays the gas for... Um, whatever your like your DAP or like whatever the contract that you're trying to pay for is. So like, yeah, the contract would have to be like changed so that the funds are like rerouted to this paymaster. Um, yeah, and also like the libraries I think are like not super, I don't know. I would like, it's, yeah, like the CIP is super new so that the libraries aren't like very developed yet. Um, like I'm not even sure like, yeah, like if there's, I don't know, I think it's all like, JavaScript, but yeah, honestly, it's something to look into for sure because it would be good not to have to rely on our own relayer system. Um, so yeah, something for V2 for sure. Let's <laughs> take a few more questions if you can so we get the slides ready for the next talk. Anybody else? Go ahead. I have a general question just about Tornado Cash. Um, maybe you could comment a little bit on okay. how you see Tornado Cash, everything that went down, and um, how Monero might be able to supplement privacy on Ethereum or um, maybe liquidity that could happen entering Monero, getting connected into the Ethereum ecosystem. Just kind of more general thoughts on that. Um, yeah, I guess just like privacy, like for Ethereum, like just privacy in general, like, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess like the main thing is that like, yeah, the swap, like if you trade your ETH into Monero, then like once you're in Monero, it's kind of like all private, um, which is great. Um, and then, yeah, going back the other way from like Monero to ETH, you can like also go into a fresh account, which is like kind of nice. Um, but yeah, like it's the the purpose of the swap program is like is for swaps. So like it's it's different from the purpose of Tornado Cash, which is like specifically to put your funds in like a shielded pool. But that's it's all like on ETH, and then you like withdraw it later. Um, so yeah, like I mentioned, like the swap is pretty different because the swap contract isn't like. Uh, it's not like a pool, like it's not like Trino Cash. You're just kind of like using the contract to, in, to go cross chain. Yeah. So do you feel like there's better protections potentially doing an XMR ETH atomic swap versus 
using something like Tornado Cash, which may or may not be sanctioned depending on who you are or what citizen you are? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like Tornado Cash, um, you can't really like redeploy it as easily because like like I mentioned, like the contract itself holds like a pool of funds, which is like the anonymity set. Um, and like you can't just like redeploy the contract because you have to like bootstrap the whole anonymity set like again. Um, versus like the swap where like there's no like anonymity set like pool etc. Like it's literally just like a two-party swap. Um, yeah, that goes into Monero. So yeah, I think it's like pretty different in that regard. How does the ETH community view this this implementation? Are they excited about it? Or do they not know about it? Like what are your what do you see out there? Um, some people are interested. Um, yeah, ETH is like an interesting community. Like I think like I think they want privacy um, for sure, um, but yeah, I don't know. The focus is very like solar punk, like public goods funding, like scalability, um, like that kind of thing. So yeah, there hasn't been like as much excitement about like this kind of thing versus like those sorts of things. Um, but I don't know, I hope they use it. I think they will. <laughs> How can we raise awareness in the Ethereum community about uh, this tool and that it's available? Um, I don't know, I posted like on Twitter and a lot of ETH people follow me. <laughs> so that's one thing, but yeah, like I guess. Um, yeah, the, the Tornado Cash community isn't isn't aware and interested in this? Um, there's like, uh, no, I think they're like interested. I don't know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, no, I think I think people are interested, but I feel like the there's like a group, a subset of ETH people that are also like already into like Monero and like, Dark five, like dark ZK, like I don't know, like all the like anonymity, privacy kind of stuff. So like that subset is definitely like interested. But then there's like the other subset of like e people that are just kind of like uh, <laughs> I don't know. So I think like those types you kind of have to reach out to. Like the subset that's already like into privacy is obviously like yeah. Well, interested. well, you're doing amazing work. We all yeah. greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Bringing the Thank Monero you. and Ethereum communities together, right?